Well, now I'm rocking with the best. Welcome to the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Oh, he's smoking hot. The latest Laker news. Another great Showtime feed. The greatest Laker show. This is going to be legendary for a long time. This is the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Lakers all day. Go Lakers! What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Baby here, man, for Big Baby Sports. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, man. Got Byron Scott on once again, man. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on Big Baby Sports, man. Hope all is well with you and the family. Man, I, everything is great, Big Baby. Uh, life is good. I'm blessed. Can't complain one bit, brother. Yeah, man. I'm, thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into it, man. Lakers are 42 and 38, man. Overall, how do you think the season is going? And how do you think Darren Ham's doing as a coach in general? I think I'm, I'm going to you know, answer the, the latter first. I, I think Darwin's done a great job. I really have. With all the uh, the injuries that they've had, uh, with the trades that, they, that they've that they made, uh, some of the disgruntled players that they've had, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he, he's done a hell of a job of keeping that locker room together. So I got to give him a lot of props on that. Uh, how the Laker team, until Rob Palenka made that trade, brought D'Angelo Russell and those guys over, uh, the team has really started to gel. And, you know, Mr. Reeves is a player just lights out, you know. So you, you got that third great player right now on the team with Anthony uh, Davis and LeBron. And everybody else seems to understand their roles and they're doing their job. So I look at this team as a team that has a chance in the playoffs to do some some uh, some spe- special things. But, uh, you know, of course, it's always about staying healthy. If they can stay mm-hmm. healthy, they're going to be scary in the West. Yeah, most definitely, man. Like, they started at 2-10. and 10. They had the scrum yeah. people. They had Westbrook, man. Like, I, to be honest, man, I feel like Westbrook didn't – I think the spotlight was too big on him, in my personal opinion. You know what I mean? I know a lot of players that come to the Lakers, the spotlight's too on them. They, they don't know how to perform under the bright lights. Man, how do you feel like Russell Westbrook did with the Lakers in general? You know what? I, I think Russell did okay. I, I'm not going to say he did great or he did bad. I think he also accepted the role of coming off the bench. So I, I think his intentions were great because he wanted mm-hmm. to win. But like you said, playing in L.A. ain't for everybody. You mm-hmm. know, it's sometimes it's just too big to be in this city because there's so much that's demanded and put upon you. Uh, and Russell, to me, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, there's no doubt about that. And I, I love the fact that when he was here, he was he was willing to do whatever it took to be successful. So I think he gets a bad rap being mm-hmm. here in L.A. You know, when they when they trade into the Clippers. Uh, a lot of blame was put on Russ, but I thought a lot of that blame was undue and unnecessary, and a lot of it wasn't his fault. So I, I still give him a passing grade when he was here because he tried to do everything the right way. Yeah, he tried, but there's some times where he looked disengaged at times, man. You know, turn the ball over, not get back on defense. Anytime the coach would hold him accountable, he would like sit on the end of the bench. If you're the coach and you saw, like, as a coach, man, how do you feel? Like, would you be able to handle Westbrook? You're coaching the second <laughs> team. Listen, we probably would have got in some shouting matches, matches, I ain't going to lie, you know, yep. and uh, been going at each other, you know, but it's all about trying to win. And the competitive yep. nature comes out as a coach as well. You know, and I'm sure Darwin probably got, got into him a few times, you know. So, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be a man. You got to understand that this is a this is a job. You got to do mm-hmm. the very best you can. And as a coach, you have no agenda. Your agenda is only to win. You're not trying to make people happy. You're trying to win basketball games. So I, I know – with my fiery uh, competitive nature that I have, and I love West 
you know, Westbrook's passion for the game and his fiery, uh, you know, you know, you know, I, I know we would probably got into it a couple of times, but it would have been in all love. I ain't gonna be lying. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie to you. It would have been all about love and just trying to make him a better person, better basketball player. Yeah. And I agree, man. If you were coaching this team, I think you would be on a lot of these players, man. I really feel like you'd be on AD at times, LeBron, you know, it's like you keep it real, man, as a coach. Yeah, man. no doubt. You no know, doubt. I, mean, I mean, you know, as a coach, that's your job. You know, and the one thing I would always do with my players is I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be straight up and I'm going to tell you what I feel. You know, you ain't got to agree with it, you know, but you got to respect it. And the same same with the players. I ain't got to agree with you thinking that I don't play you because of this or that, you know, but you got to respect the, the position that I'm in as a coach. You know, so, yeah, it, it would be some uh, it would be some some probably uh, intense you know, shouting matches in that locker room. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wouldn't do I wouldn't do it on the court. You know, in front of the fans, but I, I would definitely wait till we got in the locker room, and would definitely talk to certain players. You know, about you know getting back on defense or doing this or doing that. But uh, yeah, it would be intense. But I think I, you know what, though, big baby, I think Darwin has that in him. I, I've seen that fiery nature in him, and I know he's one of those guys that you know he made it in the NBA the hard way. I mean, he you know six, seven, eight years that he played in the league, he was on five, six different teams, you know, so every year he had to make it. And that 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 toughens you up every single year. So I I, I got a lot of respect for D. Ham, man. He, he's a hell of a guy. Uh, I think he's going to be a hell of a coach. Yeah, what I saw this year from Westbrook, anytime the players would tell him to do something, he would, like, get upset. It's like, you can't get upset. If someone's holding you accountable, you can't get upset. You know, it's part of the, the game, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? The best thing about being superstars is that you got to be able to allow other people to hold you accountable. The best thing about playing for the Lakers in the 80s was Magic Johnson would come to you, you know, my rookie year and say, hey, if I mess up, let me know. Yep. You know, and myself and Coop, you know, as we got older, as that group, you know, I was one of the first players that I always tell, you know, Buck, that was wrong. You did, you know, and he, and the one thing about him, he was like, you're right, B. You're right, B. Never took it personal. Uh, he took it as what it was, which is, you know, uh, with, his with his criticism, but to correct that, you know, that the, the mistakes that you make in a basketball game. And he would tell you the same thing, you know. So the beauty of our team was that we held each other accountable. And if you can't hold each other accountable, it's going to be hard to win. Yeah, man. You, you guys played in some tough teams in the 80s and 90s, man. So do you think this era of basketball is soft in your personal opinion? Yes. <laughs> like you said, Big Baby, just keeping it real. This, this era is so much softer. Uh, you know, if you look at any of the 80s footage and even in the early 90s, uh, the physicality of the game was much different. You know, guys would beat the crap out you if you came across the paint. Yeah. You went to dunk the ball, you got you got the shit knocked out of you. You had to go to the free throw line, and and, and it wasn't nothing personal. You just you understood that that's the way the game is going to be played. The game was a more much more of an inside out game then than it is now. Out you know t today's basketball game is an outside in game. You know we would never in our wildest dream think about coming down on a three on one fast break and shoot a three pointer. It was try to get a dunk or a layup. Yeah, you know, yeah. so the game is the game has definitely changed. Uh, I'm not saying for the worse or for the better. You know, I think, uh, you know, the, the evolution of, of basketball is always going to continue to change. You know, I still watch, I still love watching the game uh, and critiquing the game, but it's, it is a totally different game as far as the physicality is concerned because this game is a lot softer than it was back in the day. Yeah, um, I started watching Lakers in the early 2000s with Shaq, Kobe, man. It was just yeah. throw a ball in the Shaq. Shaq would spin, dunk on you, block shots like that. Yeah, yeah we now, now you got centers like Giannis and AD and the Joker be shooting threes. And it's like, no, get your ass on a low block and go to work. You right. can take this guy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like right. If, I, if I was coaching the Nuggets or the Lakers or uh, Milwaukee, I would say, Giannis, go in the post, quit shooting threes. Like, I'm 
I like the game, but I want I miss the natural center. You know, what yeah. I mean? like like Shaq, man. I miss those days. Yeah, those those days are gone. I I, I could real I can say that right now. Those days are gone. Uh, they they might come back. Like I said, the game of basketball, uh, it, it comes back three sixty. So some point in time, you know, in in this universe, it's gonna come back to where you have those big men that's gonna be pointing, you know, planted in the paint. But in the next five to ten years, I don't see that happening, especially with some of the young kids that I come that I see now that's seven feet, seven two, seven three. They're shooting jumpers. They're 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 handling the ball like guards, you know. Yeah. So the game is not going to change in the next five to ten years. But you know, probably in your lifetime, probably not mine. You you'll get back to where you had the big man that you know have his back to the basket. Yeah, man, and I miss those days. I just miss the domination of the center position. Now you got finesse basketball, and it's cool at times, but I'd rather you know, like get the ball on the block, go to work. And like in your career, like in general, man, like um, what was it like being around the late, great Kobe in general? Can you tell us a story about Kobe that you want to share with the audience? You know, it, it was fantastic, big baby. I got a chance to play with Kobe when he was a rookie. Uh, I, you know, I got a chance to be his mentor and talk to him every day about the game of basketball. Uh, you know, we would go different places together. We would sit on the bus together. We would sit on the uh, sit on the bench together. And then being able to come full circle and coach him his last two years was uh, two of the best years I've ever had as a coach. And it has nothing to do with the record because obviously, you know, record-wise with the Lakers, we were we were terrible. But it was two of the most fun years I've had because I got a chance to uh, reconnect, you know, with KB and spend some time with him. And it, it was it was um, it was unbelievable to to get to know him from from the kid to the man. You know, being the kid that I saw that had the un- un- unbelievable amount of potential to the legend, the, the icon, you know, that he had grown up to be, you know, one of the greatest players of all times. I-, I think one of my favorite stories about him is when he changed his number from eight to 24. And when he changed that number. He said, look, coach, it's 24 hours in a day. That means it's 24 hours to get better. Mm. And each day I strive to get better than I was the day before. That's why I come to the gym at five, six in the morning. You know, that's why after practice, I'm here another two or three hours, you know, because each day I'm trying to get better and better. Even at the age of 37, he was still seeking to get better and better. And I think a lot of people don't understand how gifted he was as a basketball player, but how hard he worked as a Mm -hmm. basketball player. Um, I I still go back to Vince Carter, who I love, Tracy McGrady, who I love. Uh, you know, I did a bunch of shows on ESPN with Tracy McGrady. Got to know him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think they were more talented than Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. but they didn't have that same drive. And that's not taking away anything for those two because they're all yeah. players. You know yeah. what I mean? But the drive Kobe Bryant had is a drive that I've never seen in my life of a guy who wanted to get better each and every day. And he went about it that way because the other thing that he would tell me he said, if I if I work four or five hours a day, so if I come two hours before practice and then we practice. And then I come back another two or three hours after practice. I basically just work five hours compared to their one or two. And if you multiply that by seven days a week, you know, uh, uh, month by month, he said, I've gotten so much better than them, they can never catch up. And that was his mentality. And that, to me, was the mama mentality when you talked about Kobe Bryant. Yeah, man. Um, Kobe's greatest player of all time, my personal opinion. He loved to drive his energy, man. And just like I know if he was still here and he'd be on this, this Laker team's ass right now. Like the way yeah. he'd, be, he'd be on this team and like the game when he scored 60, what was your mindset going to that game? Like, did you expect him to go for 60 or just enjoy the last moments of his career? You know what? I, I wanted him to have a 20 something, you know, maybe a 30 point game and go out on top like that. 
and the way that game started, it didn't look good. And you know, when we when we got to that last game, I talked to him before the game. I said, "All right, listen, we were able to accomplish our goal to get you here relatively healthy into your last game. You know, so I'm gonna play you pretty much this whole game. You know, and I just want you to go out there and enjoy it and have fun." Well, he he started off like 0 for five, 0 for yeah. six. You know, couldn't hit nothing, and then he got fouled, hit a couple of free throws, and that kind of got him going. But when I looked up at the score when he had 50, I just I, I was just sit, you know sitting there shaking my head like, oh my God, you know. And then they end up with 60 points and come out and um, you know, gave me a big hug, told me he loved me, and I told him how much I loved him. Uh I, I don't think I will ever see anything in my lifetime of a player of that magnitude retiring after 20 years to have that type of game for his last and final game. Michael Jordan had a great game, but it was nowhere, it wasn't no. even close to 60 points you know, going out. So it, it was very you know, surreal for me to be right there and, and witness this uh, and then to listen to him in the locker room and tell the guys that, you know, he, he gave this game everything that he had and he didn't leave nothing unturned. And that is absolutely true about Kobe Bryant. Yeah, man, he left it all on the court, man. And uh, every night, every single night, like he played with messed up fingers. There was a game, I think uh, Gary Reedy popped his finger back and forth yes. against the Spurs. Yes. You know, and that's like, yeah. You see nowadays, if that happened to a player, I'm sitting out for a week. Yeah, I was about to say maybe two. Yeah, two weeks, you know. It's like, <laughs> Dislocated finger, you know, he popped it in. Gary taped it up. Yep. And he went right back in and played. And I remember Tim Duncan, you know, looking at him, talking to him, and he was like, oh, it's no big deal. It's, it's the same thing, Big Baby. I had him in Portland, and he separated his shoulder. Oh, yeah. I remember During that, the game. Yeah. He turns around because I'm looking at him, and I, I'm, I, I'm watching him, you know, kind of do this with his shoulder as, as he's running up and down the court. And Gary comes up to me and says, something's wrong. Get him out. I said, you're right. So I, I called somebody. I don't know who I said to go get him. But he turns around. He shoots a left-hand jumper from the corner that goes in. I take him out the game. And I said, you all right? He said, yeah, I hurt my shoulder. I said, man, you should have came out a couple of minutes ago. He said, well, I, you know, I got another hand. I got, you know, I'm okay. I got another hand. After the game, we find out that he separated his shoulder. Damn. You know, and, this, this, and this man wanted to continue to play. You know, but but again, we won't see guys like that anymore. I mean, that's just the type of guy he was. Yeah, like I remember that game against Portland, and also, you know, the game against Golden State. No, he tore his Achilles, but he shot yeah. two free throws. Man, like usually players yeah. would be like, "I'll go sit out and just the hustle." Just he 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 put his body on the line every night, and I will miss him. I have a story too because he actually followed me on Twitter. Yeah, you know, and yeah, he, me and him had a conversation. You know. Um, Never thought Coy Bryant would follow me on Twitter. But you know what, Big Baby, that's because he liked he liked what you was doing, brother. I mean, he, you know, like you say, game recognized game. He liked what you was doing. That's the only reason he would follow you because he enjoyed what you was doing. Yeah. And I, I want to just go back to that game you just talked about when he shot the two free throws when he tore his Achilles. Yeah. Every player that I've seen that tore his Achilles would carry it off, you know, carry it off the court. Mm -hmm. He shot his free throws and walked to the locker room. Yeah. You know, that's 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 the Kobe Bryant that we know. Yeah, I, I already thought Kobe's gonna play through it. To be honest, <laughs> I, <laughs> I really, think everybody did because yeah. of his mentality. But you know, there's certain things that even Superman couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't overcome. Yeah, man, I wish he would have got a chance to get number six. Man, that would have been, that would have been awesome. You know what I, I mean? And, um, do you think when do you think Kobe will get a statue with the Lakers? Uh, it's it's got to be soon. I, I I would think in the next year or so. Uh, maybe next year, you know, by his birthday time yeah. or the anniversary. I, I think. Uh, it, it should definitely be in the works right now. I don't know if it is. I'm not, you know, privy to that. But uh, his his statue has to be put up there, you know, relatively soon. Yeah, I saw you, you're on Instagram. You're with Jeannie, the the 
Vanessa Bryant and the other family uh, about the Kobe's hands. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. What was that like? Well, you know, that that was an unbelievable um, request, you know, from uh, you know, from, from Vanessa to call me and ask me if I would speak, you know, at, at the Chinese theater where they're going to be, you know, putting his hands in stone. First athlete uh, to be in, in, inducted into that. And that was just an honor for her to even ask me to do that and, and to be able to go up there and kind of share a little bit about his mentality and the type of relationship that we had and the type of husband and father that he was, uh, you know, it, it was it was just a privilege and an honor. And uh, afterwards, just to be able to, you know, more, a lot of the people had left, a lot of reporters. And I just, you know, I think Jim Hill was still there, still there, a buddy of mine and a couple mm -hmm. other reporters. I just had a moment where I felt I should just, you know, kneel down and pay homage to uh, one of the greatest of all times and, and, a, and a really good friend. And I wanted to put my hands in his hands and uh, just show him the respect that he deserved and how much I love him. Yeah, and he'll be missed. And I know that day when, when Jeannie Buss announces that they're having a statue, I bet you that those tickets will be sold out like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you, it, once it's announced, man, you better be by the phone because yep, it, 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 I am. I need but to be there. Hour, you know, an hour at the most, and those tickets are going to be gone. And hopefully, uh, yeah. I'm going to have to call and say, Genie, save me one. Save me two for me and CC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because when I went to the Shaq statue event, man, it was packed too for Shaq, you know? Yeah. But I think for Kobe, I think even if people don't get to see the game inside, people will be out there by the crypto.com arena, uh, man. Yeah. It's going to be double, and the viewer, the viewership is going to be triple. I mean, uh, again, 20 years in LA and what he was able to bring to the, uh, the organization to this franchise is unbelievable. Yeah, man. I'm going to ask you, uh, this, I have it written down. Are you still interested in coaching the NBA or are you currently retired right now? I am currently retired from, from coaching in the NBA, big baby. I, I mean, I just, uh, I didn't like the way it ended to be honest with you, uh, mm -hmm. with the Lake organization, even still, even though I still got nothing but mad love for purple and gold, yeah. you know, and always will, especially as long as Jeannie's there. Yep. Uh, but I, I just didn't like the way it ended uh, with myself and, and Jim Buss and, and, and Mitch Kupchak. Yeah. And it pretty much put a bad taste in my mouth. So, yeah, it's something that I haven't even thought about doing, you know, ever since that day had uh, happened. Uh, I've kind of gone on and done other things with, you know, with my businesses and things of that nature to kind of keep me busy. Yeah, man, that's so fortunate that had to happen, man. You know. No, you're right. You're right. I, I agree. Because you're a talented coach, man. You keep it real, man. Uh, if I was in the NBA, I would, love, I would love to play, you know, on your team. If you keep it real, thank, thank you know, sure, nothing, man. It's like, I know if you were on this Laker team, you would probably got on Westbrook at the time. You probably would have got on Shooter at times. You probably would have got on LeBron at times behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> you know, because you're old school, you know. And and yeah. like in general, like how was it back in the '90s with Magic and Kareem in general? Like, what was the camaraderie like behind the scenes? It was unbelievable. I mean, it, it was a family, uh, and it still is to this day. You know, we still pretty much stay in contact. You know, I talked to Coop the other day. Uh, just text James the other day. AC is my daughter's godfather. I mean, Kareem is somebody who I, who called me about a month ago and asked me for some more bags that I was giving out. And, you know, we, we're just a family, man. I, I think that kind of showed when we did the uh, Showtime reunion in Hawaii that Magic and Pat Riley put together. It showed how close-knit uh, we are even after all these years. You know, we still stay in contact with each other. And I think that was one of the beauty uh, the beauty, the mo one of the most beautiful parts about our team is the fact that we we truly did love each other and care for each other and want each other to do well, and you know that stemmed from Magic on the way down, you know, because he was giving. I mean, Magic, I, I tell people this all the time, could have averaged 25, 30 points a game, you know, but he knew that for the betterment of the team, he had to be the facilitator, 
and get everybody involved. And that's what he was so great at doing. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's been an unbelievable ride knowing these guys, man, and being able to spend time with them. And even to this day, we are still very close. Yeah, man, worthy clap. Yeah. <laughs> he, gave me, he gave me a shout out on uh, Spectrum Sports Live with Chris McGee. You know, I got shot up a couple times by him. You yeah. Know, you know, James really keeps it real too, man. And uh, Yes, he does. Just in yes, general, man. Uh, we got some questions from my girl, Laker girl, wants to know, do you think the Lakers can, can win the championship this year? I do. I do. I think if they stay healthy, the chemistry is there now. Mm -hmm. the chemistry is there now. There's no doubt about that. They got to stay healthy, number one. And number two, they got to be committed on the defensive end. If they are committed on the defensive end of closing lanes down, you know, challenging shots, rebounding the ball, and then they can get up and down the floor. If they're committed on the defensive end and they stay healthy, they got a chance. Yeah, I agree because there are times where Lakers play really good defense. Yes. And young guys step up. And I feel like if AD and LeBron play really well, then the others follow. Like last yeah. night versus the San Diego Clippers, um, it looked like the Lakers were coming out of a back-to-back. LeBron only scored three points in the first half and dropped 33. Scored 30 in the second half, but just in general, man, just every, I'm going to ask you this. Why do people think that Lakers and Clippers is a rivalry? I have no idea. I, I, listen, listen, I mean, as much as we hate the, the, the fact that the Clippers have, have beaten the Lakers 11 out of 12, whatever it is, yeah, it, it's not a robbery. It, yeah. you, you still got zero championships. You still have not been to the finals one yeah. time. How is that a rivalry? And, and I'm listening to, 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 to Clipper Daryl talk about we run L.A. You, you don't run Jack. Yeah, yeah they don't run anything. You ain't won nothing. <laughs> win, win something first. Then talk to me about who runs L.A. Right now, it's still purple and gold no matter what. Yep. When they win a championship, then we can talk. Yeah, and the rivalries, you got the Celtics and Lakers. That's a rivalry. That, that's the only rivalry yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah, I can't stand the Celtics. And uh, <laughs> you got the Knicks and the Miami Heat in the East. You got yep. – uh, uh, Milwaukee and Indiana, that's a rivalry, too, just in Indiana back in the day with the Lakers, too. You know, that's yeah. a rivalry. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sacramento, yeah. Lakers, you know, which is Vladi Divac, Kobe, Shaq, that's a rivalry. So, like, Clipper Darrell, me and him, he was, had him on the show one time. Um, he was talking all year, and then I was like, once the Lakers win a championship, you got to wear a big baby. I got a big baby jersey that says big baby on the back, and the Lakers won a championship, and I still never got that bet. <laughs> So he's ducking, Clipper Darrow. And, yeah, and, and you probably won't get it because he, no. see, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Clipper fan for you. Now, see, if that was a Laker fan, we would have we would have honored that bet. Yeah. But that's yeah. the Clipper for you. Yeah, but Shaq has to wear that Clipper uh, blue and whatever that color is. Yeah, red, black, you know. white, whatever it is. Like you said, whatever it is. But that's the thing, though, about the Clippers. They they play us really well, and then against everybody else, they don't play their. They you know they just don't play well against anybody else. So as a what, when you see that, what is that as a competitor? What do you feel when teams do that? That, that That's like back in the day, everybody got up for us. Mm -hmm. Everybody get up for the champs. You know, everybody get up for the big dog. But, yeah. you know, and, and then when they, when they beat the big dog, they go on and lose two or three straight afterwards. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they, but but we don't look at them in the same light. We don't get yeah. up for them. You know, yeah. we, we you know we don't get up for them. So that, that that you know, again, that we run L.A. and all the Clippers have been beating the Lakers and all that stuff. The Lakers – it's not a rivalry that the Clippers no. are not a threat, you know, until we, until they become a threat, then we'll start giving them the respect that they think they deserve. If they acted like, because the game last night, they acted like they won the championship. Last yeah, night. exactly. It's like exactly. Westbrook yelling, screaming, um, Kawhi yelling, screaming. I'm like, exactly. Hey, Charles yeah. Barkley said today that uh, on TNT, that Kawhi is the king of LA. Yeah. No, 
He's no. not because LeBron won the championship with the Lakers, and it's like, it's like LeBron is one one of the greatest. But I just feel like, in my personal opinion, there's he picks and chooses when to get off, you know, and that really makes me upset because I'm a Kobe fan. I just used to seeing somebody take over go when the team's down, and it's go like, at it. go at well, it. Let, Hey, hey, big baby, to me, the, the king of LA, LA, you know, as far as basketball, he, he don't even have a uniform on right now anymore. And that's that's Magic and Kareem. You know, they still, to me, the king of LA. You yeah. know, that's no disrespect to LeBron because he's, you know, he's one of the greatest of all time. There's no doubt about it. But Kawhi Leonard don't run LA, you know, and I'm, I'm going to say LeBron doesn't either. Magic yeah. John, Kareem, those guys are still yeah. the king of LA. Yeah. And, and since, since our beloved, you know, KB is not yeah. here, yeah. That's the only reason his name is not in it being mentioned as well. And how do you feel like um, fans are saying that LeBron deserves a statue? I, I'm going to go first. I feel like he doesn't deserve a statue Lakers. I feel like if he was here for his whole career, he can get one. But for him to get a statue with the Lakers, I don't, I don't know. How do you feel? No, I, I agree with you. I, I think longevity, not only in not, not only in the league, which LeBron has done, but longevity with the organization yeah. is very important. Uh, Magic you know, spent his whole career here. Kobe spent his whole career here. Kareem came over from Milwaukee at an early age and played here for 14, 15 years. Jerry West spent his whole career here. Will Chamberlain came from Philly, spent the rest of his career. Everybody that got a shack, you know, went from Orlando to L.A. and basically, you know, played a 10 years in L.A. or whatever it is. He spent a, a lot of years here in Los Angeles. So everybody that you look up that has a, a statue up there spent significant time in the city of Los Angeles, not four or five years, not two or three years, but significant time, almost double digits a year. So as far as I'm concerned, unless LeBron can win a championship this year and maybe one next year, then we could talk about a statue for him. But right now, I, I think the guys that they have up there, with, with the uh, exception of Kobe, are all the guys who deserve it, and Kobe yeah. got to be the next one. Yeah, Kobe deserves it, man. I mean, even, like, Pau Gasol got his jersey return. That's, like, accomplishment, too, for Pau. Like, you know, Pau's one of yeah. my favorite players, man. When he first came to the Lakers, I was ecstatic because I like his game and stuff. Right. But the fact that he got a jersey return, that makes it really good. I wish Kobe was here to see it, man. That would have been like icing on the cake if Kobe would have saw his teammate Pau Gasol get that uh, jersey retired, man. It's Absolutely. Yeah, we got one more question from my boy, Angry Lakers fan. Uh, my man, know, my nephew. Wants to know, when will you guys be able to schedule a, a show, you and him? Uh... Well, we talk all the time on, on social media, so we'll we'll get one scheduled. If he wants to do it next week or the week after, we can definitely get it de uh, get it done. Nephew, no, I'm there for him. We're we going to definitely get it done, though. But uh, hit me back up on uh, on my social media, nephew, and we'll we'll schedule something for next week. Hey, I'm going to be sending you some Big Baby Sports merch, man, so you can rock it on your podcast. No doubt. All right, no man. Doubt. Uh, you want to plug in your channel or your YouTube channel and uh, social media, man? Uh, social media is official. Yeah, social media is official. Uh, official Byron Scott at gmail.com. The uh, podcast is off the dribble with your boy Byron Scott. You can check it out. We're going to be starting season four pretty soon. And we got some special guests on season four that I think you guys will really enjoy. And most definitely, I got to come up to the studio, man. Check it out, man. One of yes, sir. Days. Yes, sir. So, you have definitely. a good one. Peace. <laughs>